you for joining Analytics Today, a podcast series that focuses on big data and analytics and the latest trends in the digital world. I'm your co-host, Jeremy Roberts, and with me always is my co-host, Samir Khan. What is up, Samir? Hey, Jeremy. How's it going? Yeah, 2020, man. It's almost done. Yay. Almost done, right? <laughs> it's almost the jinx, done. jinx part is going almost. away now. It's exciting because you know what? Today is a special day. Even though it's December 10th, I have no idea what's going on today besides I have some friends who have birthdays. But besides that, um, it's our annual predictions, data and digital trends predictions for the for the upcoming year. This is These are the exciting episodes. This is like where we should be wearing yeah. like a New Year's tuxedo and stuff, you know, and the... <laughs> These yeah, are exciting. No, this is this is fantastic so, because yeah. I think uh, no, like you said, absolutely. I think this year was painful for a lot of people, financially, health-wise, families, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, a lot of people lost their loved ones uh, because of this uh, dangerous illness that we're still suffering from, uh, and we're in December now. But I think uh, people are really looking forward for 2021. Although there is no magic yes. or guarantee that 2021 will change, but there is going to be definitely something new that we're looking towards with the vaccine coming out in the market. And uh, people are generally very hopeful about 2021. I think they have been very hopeful about 2021 than compared to the any new year that I've ever seen. So that's, (laughs) I'm looking forward to it as well. I agree. I agree. And as, and as data and analytics nerds that we are, you know, the data is not in our favor right now. If you look at the trending data, the data is not in our favor. We're hoping, but the data will turn. So, you yeah, know, we I don't, agree. I, we're in the world where we don't believe in politics. We, we believe in data. So that's, that's the beauty of it. Very well said. Very cool, man. So let's do this. Let's start with last year. We're going to quickly go through the 11 digital and data predictions last year. And we're going to quickly say, did these happen or not? And this is going to be a cool one. And then we're going to go into the 11 data and digital transfer 2021. Okay. To start real fast. Number one from last year, Samir. Marketing and sales would continue to increase AI technology adoption. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that was, this was the year <laughs> of digital transformation. If there are buzzwords out there, like there was a year of big data, there was a year of data science. This was truly kind of the year the of uh, digital transformation, right? I think if you look at that particular prediction, I think we were spot on. So many different Yes. New AI initiatives, virtual reality, like things happening in the marketing space. I, in fact, I was a yesterday, uh, I got an invitation to join the T-Mobile uh, latest and greatest uh, kind of infrastructure platform overview. So it was kind of a session they did for mm-hmm. a bunch of executives where they invited to do a virtual session and they were showing the capabilities with the new 5G capabilities, what's possible. Awesome. And it's just mind blowing. Awesome. It's just mind blowing. So yeah, I would say yes, this was definitely we I think we hit on the part. I don't know what you think. No, I a hundred percent agree. Actually, five G is number ten we did. So we'll we'll jump to that one. But I absolutely agree. I mean, every trend that I've seen, everything that I've been doing with my role right now, you know, as a consultant, really has made this come true. And and it's not just marketing, it's it's sales too. The adoption, um, I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon. Um, also, just so people are aware, this is a topic of research that I'm currently doing for for my own school. 
So I, I, I completely agree, but uh, we need, we need to keep going on to the next because we got a ton of stuff to go through today. So right. uh, number two, online buying will continue to put big box stores out of business. Well, yeah, oh <laughs> I think totally predicted that one. I think we nailed this one, right? We, we back then Samir when we I, did this prediction, we yeah. didn't knew that there's going to be COVID year. Yeah. We did not. Samir and I, here's our disclaimer. We had nothing to do with COVID. We had no we clue. Have, we have we, <laughs> I agree. 100%. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's number two. Number three, mobile messaging app uh, users will surpass the number of social network users. Interesting. So the discussion point we had in yeah. there was according to Facebook by 2020, 80% of smartphone users are projected to uh, be using a mobile messaging. Yeah. I mean, that's big. I think video conferencing would have been one too, you know, actually agreed. Here's a funny one. You know what, Samir, that that's true. But then number four, number four, we put video will become table stakes uh, instead of innovative strategy. Yeah, I mean, this kind of goes back with the number two with COVID coming in. It was all video, right? There was wow. no other form of communication for wow. people to interact other than video. <laughs> it's so weird. Okay, yeah, it's it, kind of weird. <laughs> it, it, I, we haven't looked at these actually since uh, December fourth of last year. For a year. long time, last yeah. year, yeah. 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 Okay. Number five: uh, the rise in cybersecurity threat will require new management capabilities. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think this one, uh, I would say partially, yes, although 2020 was a big remote working year. And uh, as a matter of fact, we have one of the predictions this year, we're going to talk about this topic, particularly what's happening today with the more people shifting to work from home, there is a significant increase in threat management. Yes. Uh, because part of the threat occurs from internal uh, people within the organization. So we, we have a topic we'll cover later. But but I think in my view, I think we hit this partially. 100%. Cool. Uh, number six, AI will enable more people to find work. I don't know about that one. Mm -hmm. um, that's a tough one, especially with the job market. I mean, it, it's hard to really say whether it was effective or not. You know what I mean? Right. Although I would say, uh, I don't know, it helped more people to find work yet. Uh, but it is definitely yes. moving in that direction. Exactly. Okay, cool. Uh, number seven, online shopping will be labeled an addiction. So I think yes oh and God. no. <laughs> well, it, yeah, um, although it is because it's, yeah. this 2020 was truly the year of e-commerce. Yes. The I, significant, the yeah. Well, you Go could ahead. say Go it was done out of, well, you know I was saying? You could say it was done out of necessity it, or it was done out of, um, but, but now I'm addicted. I'm addicted. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't, there couldn't be a month where I'm not going to touch my Amazon app or my eBay app or some other app where I'm buying stuff. You, I'm like, people are addicted right now. I don't know if you saw this. I think I looked the other day and uh, Jeff Bezos was worth only, I'm going to use this word only $110 billion. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, right? <laughs> oh, dude. Okay. Um, uh, number eight, we're almost there. Move over IOT. It's time for IOB, which is Internet of Behaviors. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. I think there was definitely a shift in behaviors. Yes. Uh, more digital behaviors uh, that impacted how people consume data. Uh, although when we predicted this, we were thinking more along the lines of uh, there's going to be a significant acceleration 
of leveraging the consumer behavior data, which I think in the back end it happened, the way the social media platform has responded to the the legal implications so and the privacy laws. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think uh, to a degree it happened. I think it is, but the, I'm wondering how that's going to uh, adopt and change because you know companies are getting smarter about how they're tracking people using cookies and data. But you know, with uh, you know all the cookie issues coming up with the different browsers, you know they're going to be cutting out the cookies. I'm just curious how that's going to change things. So right. Huh. Okay. Number nine, multi-cloud service providers will see bigger adoption. So this is like single portal services, places like RightScale Cloud Management, Dell Cloud Manager. So multi-cloud service providers will see. It did uh, because yeah. of the significant dependency on the cloud. And this is one of the other uh, similar prediction that we have for 2021 on cloud. And we can talk more about that when we discuss that. But I do mm-hmm. feel there has been a bigger adoption of multi-cloud platform because of the significant acceleration and adoption of cloud technology in 2020 due to COVID. Exactly. Cool. Uh, back to the uh, number 11, 10, or back to what we talked about before, 5G launch and adoption will pave way for hologram or 3D video calls. I haven't seen a lot of 3D video calls. No. I think people are just trying to get there, but I think partially the 5G launch and adoption is really taken off. It is. So, yeah, cool. Um, number 11, last one, digital and data jobs will grow by digital by double digits. This is a hard oh one God. to say. Yeah. You know, it's yes, but, you know, COVID. So thanks, COVID. We lost a lot of jobs. Although the increase, there has been an increase in technology jobs. Correct. For people that are in the digital space, there is a big demand for them. Actually, what's interesting is the school that I teach at, uh, one of the things we're talking about right now with the School of Business is creating, we already have a digital digital marketing MBA, but we're also talking Hmm. about a digital analytics MBA, which is really cool. Nice. Yeah, so we'll have to get the Samir to uh, give us some uh, some feedback on that one, you know. <laughs> Very cool. Okay, now drum roll, if I could actually do a drum roll. But um, let's talk about the 11 data and digital trends for 2021. Number one. So, yeah, so Samir and I just talking about this, and I wanted to get your feedback first because, you know, you're in this more than I am, but then I, I want to be able to give you kind of my inputs on it. But number one is digital operation platforms, DOP, will replace ERP systems. So before you do that, let's, let's make sure our audience understands the acronyms and what they mean, right? ERP and DOP, what are those? Yeah, ERP are your enterprise resource planning solutions yep. that have been legacy platforms and part of the capability of SAP and others that are serving as a backend operating system for your organization's data and uh, and and all the necessary components that surround the data. Large, cumbersome systems that basically sit in your servers in-house, right, in your database. Well said. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Digital operations platform, DOP, it's a combination of the back office capability, which is the data storage and accessibility into, and the business tools, uh, which is analytics tools into a single product. Uh, and in 2020, because everything was so remote, there was no physical paper or sharing of any information. Uh, the DOP platform grew significantly and they were pretty big. Uh, and I, to, to a degree, we can call Salesforce a sort of DOP 
but all the other platform like, you know, Tableau combining with Azure and Snowflake capabilities and especially Snowflake, uh, the engine that it provides and uh, database management, cloud capabilities, Adobe all of that Adobe experience took off. platform. Adobe experience right. platform. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and all of those uh, was, so there was a significant adoption. And I think that will continue in 2021 where there is going to be, yes. where organizations going to start moving away more faster from their ERP system into the DOPs. And, and, and I think one thing to throw in there and you're thinking, well, I'm a marketer and analytics guy. How does this affect me, right? For, you know, a traditional ERP system or a, a DOP. You know, one of the things you're talking about, the word that's synonymous with a DOP in the marketing world is real-time CDP or sometimes, you know, real-time, you know, real-time personalization or real-time activation on customers' behaviors. And that's a lot what it translates to um, in the marketing world. So it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, because I think uh, the if if you look if you're a marketer if you're a digital person for you it is important to note that DOP makes your life a lot easier in terms of accessibility yeah. to the data in terms of having to do something with the data and then the strategic component that come in with this uh, the flexibility that DOP solutions offer makes it more agile more AI based. Well, uh, and also and brings more experience together families. driven. Yeah. But even brings yeah. together families of products that don't naturally connect together. So you're not having to do a lot of manual data stitching on the back end, too. Absolutely. I mean, I, I remember Samir, that that was the this was a project you did back in the day. It was revolutionary at Rackspace. Um, you duct tape, it was click to close. Remember that one? Yeah, I remember that was my first project at that company. Yeah, your first big project, your click to close. Samir basically took our ERP systems and our marketing systems and figured out a way to duct tape them together. <laughs> yeah. it, it was your innovative way of building out a DOP from like back in the day. I don't know if you realize right. that, but I just I just figured it out that's now. A, so that's a, that's a good way to think about it. You know what? Hey, put it put it on your resume. Nobody's listening. You don't have to <laughs> make it a bullet point in your resume, right? <laughs> cool. <Okay. laughs> Okay, I, I, I have a feeling this is going to be a big one. Um, the DOP thing is going to be big. It, it's already a big trend now. Everything that I'm doing in my daily world today with, with my role, um, it's absolutely, DOPs are absolutely replacing ERP systems. So I don't see this trend going anywhere else but up. So um, number two, this is a good one. Digital transformation will evolve from buzzword to reality. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that this is, is like a no-brainer. I don't know if it's a prediction. <laughs> well, the, it better be a prediction yeah. because my my current research, my dissertation topic right now that I'm doing is six pillars to long-term digital transformation. So it better not go anywhere because if not, I'm not changing my dissertation after I've written so much already, man. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I was more along the lines of this is already happening, right? So it's not, yeah. I wouldn't give us too much credit for it because this no. doesn't matter it's going to happen, right? Well, as a matter of fact, according to Forrester, 20% of the worldwide businesses will create a digital department or a digital business unit, uh, which is which is great because not only that the uh, pandemic has forced the brands to adopt the digital channels, uh, but at the same time, digital transformation was more thought about like a buzzword. Uh, I've yeah. seen some statistics that only 70 or 
well, only 20% of the digital transformation projects succeed. Uh, there was a lot of these negativity associated with that buzzword. I think that all of that has gone away uh, and companies are moving to a digital platform. Uh, it is chatbots, emails. It is, but it isn't because when you look at it, a lot of the research and literature that I've been doing, and this is even back from 2016 up until even 2020, there are companies who are creating their own flavor of digital transformation. And I'm going to sadly use this term. They're creating what I call a half-assed version of digital mm -hmm. transformation. And so then they're expecting this to work, right? Which is exactly. A and it's, yeah, I don't know how I could show so much more frustration that I'm trying to say right now. It's like, if you're going to do it, do it right. Don't do the, don't do the half-assed version to where you're sitting there trying to say, well, we're going to use the main pillars of people, process, and technology. We're going to keep the same people, not train them. We're going to keep the same old processes of we've always done it this way. We're just going to buy a few new technologies and hopefully that digital transforms, digitally transforms us. No, dude, it does not work that way. You know, it, it's, I, I agree. It's, it's frustrating. We, we can do an entire podcast on, on this or serious just this one topic. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it soon. And actually what I'll do is once I start doing more of my research, um, I'll, well, Samir and I will do an entire episode on that. It'll be really cool stuff. So cool. Number three, messenger consolidation will expedite. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so you're talking in, about in, messenger, uh, right? Go for it. Right. And then I'm talking about with Facebook acquiring WhatsApp, acquiring yes. uh, Instagram, like in 2020, what we saw Salesforce got Facebook. Salesforce just bought Slack. Right. Yeah. So all of this consolidation, not only happening from an industry perspective, but in this prediction, when we say messenger consolidation will expedite, we're talking about the end user perspective. Yes. So in 2020, for example, like Facebook took some steps to merge the Instagram messaging with their messenger app, the Facebook messenger yes. app, right? In 2021, and I was reading some of these articles in uh, in New York Post of what they were talking about, like Facebook will accelerate the interconnectivity of the messengers across Instagram, WhatsApp, and Messenger. So like, so it's one experience to the end consumer. So this actually applies to both, like the point that you were bringing up, which is Salesforce acquiring uh, Slack and then Facebook acquiring these companies. There's already industry-wide consolidation is happening. Now, what we're going to start to see is the user-centric consolidation start to happen. So as a user, I don't have to deal with multiple messaging platform. Like, why should I, right? I, I need to just communicate. I can use one platform and that can allow me to communicate to my, uh, my friends, my family members, and my business partners mm -hmm. that are on those platforms, kind of like a WeChat, right? You know, one platform yeah. to manage everything. And people, I don't have, so if you've never traveled to China or if you, if you don't have any friends that are, that are living on, you know, Eastern side of the world, if you've never experienced the power of WeChat and what WeChat controls in somebody's daily lives, look that up. It's absolutely shocking. The things that you can do on a daily life in your daily life with WeChat. I mean, with all you really got to do it's is like a super app. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you basically need, you leave your house with a charged phone and that's it. You don't, need, you don't need anything else, you know, yeah. you don't need, it's almost like you don't need identification. You don't need credit card. You don't need cash. You don't need like um, things to scan, to get in places. WeChat does everything for you. It's Perfect. scary. Yeah. It's cool, but it's scary. scary. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> Number four. This is okay. This is a good one. This is a really good one. And, and we're going to say this is one of probably our boldest prediction that we're going to have um, for this year. But what we're saying here is the buy button will be placed everywhere. Like, you know, click the, the call to action, the buy, right? And that Amazon will face fierce competition. So Samir and I are not saying Amazon is going down. They are not going down. They're not going anywhere. But we're trying to say that they're finally going to have some competition. Significant competition because in yeah. 2020 with uh, people staying at home and because of the travel restrictions and quarantine, people took advantage of online buying. And according to eMarketer, there has been a 16% year-over-year growth in e-commerce. Uh, and so that's one kind of data point. The other data point is, Facebook recently added a new buy now button in their marketplace. So what Facebook yes. is now getting into e-commerce world and with their Facebook ad platform, uh, that just, it's going to have enormous capability to not only become a one-stop shop for all the advertising needs for marketer, but they can also start listing their products and services in marketplace where people can buy. So Facebook is saying like, Hey, I'm coming after that e-commerce market. And then, uh, TikTok, uh, I was reading an article that talked about like TikTok is also looking to focus massive resources on the e-commerce front. Uh, it's a platform that, again, is not going anywhere. People have adopted. They like it. People use it. Most of the consumer time is now spent between Facebook and TikTok. Uh, and that yes. is going to accelerate how much time that uh, people will spend online. So I think that there's going to be an increase number of buy buttons everywhere I hope uh, so. in all kinds of different platforms. Yeah. I hope so. And, and Samir, I, I'm very, um, I'm very excited to know that you spend many of your hours on TikTok. So <laughs> <laughs> not, not me, but there are members in my family that enjoy doing that. I know. I was like, wow, Samir, I'm, I'm so proud of you, man. It's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. This is a good one, but I, I really, I really like, uh, I really like this prediction. Um, like I said, this is one of our more bold ones because I know there's going to be quite a few people who don't agree with us, but you know I think this is a good one. Okay, so number five, remote working adoption will accelerate employee privacy requirements and increase insider threats. Yes. So, so yeah. let me start with the first part there and then you will get in the second part, but we're talking about remote working adoption. Um, I think remote working adoption in the long term is really starting to pick up steam. I know one of the things that we've talked about internally where I work is they're not looking to, we have the option to, to continue to work from home. Well, I work from home. That's part of my job. I don't have an office to go to, but we're allowed to work from home without questions, at least until the summer, until the middle of the summer, until July. So it's just one of those things to where I think companies are starting to realize that this will work remote, you know, opportunity still allows people to be very productive, you know, and be able to do as much business as you thought they could, you know, while still not being able to travel and stuff or, you know, go into an office. Yeah. And I think it's a fundamentally shifted. Uh, there's a shift in how people think, right? Traditional yes. organizations that if were not, not at your desk. Yeah. That you're not at your desk. That means you're not working that concept, <laughs> that thought process that we millennials, we bring in like, Hey, it's okay to work remote. We need that flexibility. Yeah. And that is going, that has completely eroded because COVID has given companies to learn that 
people can still be very, very, in fact, more productive working remote when they don't have to deal with stress of the traffic. They don't have to commute to work and they don't have to get change, you know, into an office attire and still be very productive and deliver more work than they would have done in office where you're wasting yep. two or three hours daily commuting. Oh so gosh. because of that, I think the remote work adoption has been continued to accelerate. Although what we're talking about here is the privacy requirements and the threat insider threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have some statistics like 33% of the data breaches are caused by someone inside the company. And what that means is when more employees are working remotely, where obviously they're working from their home. So, you know, who knows what type of infrastructure they have, what type of security they have in their, uh, their Wi-Fi devices and uh, how protected is their computer, like all of that privacy laws uh, before the company. And as well as for the employee, like how is my information when I'm on the computer at my home with my Wi-Fi and, you know, all of those information is used by the company. So this is going to accelerate the, uh, privacy lawsuits from an employee perspective in the next 12 months. But at the same time, it will put the onus on the organizations to become and communicate more effectively how they are going to keep the employee data private and how employee in return will kind of, you know, take an oath of uh, some yes. form or say, okay, I'm going to be protecting the company's data, even though I'm working remotely. So it kind of goes both ways. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I've for years, ever since I've been in the corporate world, you know, for over 10 years now, I've you know, we've all had to do those annual trainings. Remember those where you go in and you do the multiple choice and you learn yeah, about compliance, you know, cybersecurity, compliance and all yeah. that. I just think, yeah, this can accelerate. I, I think this is absolutely true because I don't think, I, I still think in 2021 that remote working will be a big trend. Um, a lot of companies are, are I realizing that their overhead goes down when they don't have to have a gigantic office building. And so, yeah, these, uh, Employee privacy requirements, especially the threats. I mean, there's a, you know, all those things are going to increase. You know, um, not a lot of people are really taking, you know, understanding the threat of going into a public Wi-Fi zone, like at a Starbucks or something like that, and, you know, <laughs> hooking your lap, your computer, your work laptop up into a public Wi-Fi, and then all of a sudden, not even in VPN and going and just browsing and opening up, you know. Um, you know, files that should not be shared with anybody else, you know, private files, it, it mm-hmm. just opens it up to threats. So yeah, absolutely. Cool. Number six, influencer marketing will grow rapidly. Absolutely. This is and but I think it's evolved. You know, I don't think it's the same type of influencer marketing that it used to be, you know, um, I, I, I guess, where did it start? Remember, influencer marketing back in the day, this was like 20, this was like 2010, 2011. Remember how we were doing the social media stuff at Rackspace and then we were looking for like influencer bloggers, right? That was the big trend, right? They're influencer right. bloggers, influencer people with forums and stuff like that. And that was the big trend and it's changed and evolved. Changed so rapidly. Much. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess Samir then, you know, traditionally from that, how have you seen it evolve and what, and what, how would you say it's growing? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great uh, question and thought process there, Jeremy. The reason why I say that is you're absolutely right. When we started, we used to have these SMEs either do a blog post for us or uh, either do a Quora post for us or maybe do like a video. Remember the time when we did yep. the videos with these SMEs? Yep. Uh, 
yeah, now and the way it has evolved is with the rise of these platforms such as TikTok uh, and the fact, the amount of time that Gen Z and millennial population are spending on these platforms, uh, especially Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, there's been a new kind of influencer that has evolved from it, right? So these influencers are isolated to a specific platform. So if you have a TikTok uh, influencer, you're going to see them only on TikTok. If you have an Instagram, they're going to be very active on Instagram. They're they're isolating themselves in one platform. And then they're showcasing a specific personality that they want to showcase. Mm -hmm. uh, and these influencers are going to be tied to a specific niche. So people are going to these because they're only interested maybe in fashion, uh, maybe uh, maybe in travel, uh, maybe in cooking. So, you know, they're, and they're getting whatever content they need from these yes. influencers and they're following these influencers. And because of that, it gives advertisers a new avenue to go approach these very niche-based and very platform-based influencers yes. and take advantage of their huge fan following. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I, it, it's, it's amazing how widespread these days, the, the ability, um, you know, just, I, I guess the, I guess what I'm trying to say is how widespread these influencers are across so many different industries and verticals and just random topics. You know, they, like you said, travel, niche travel, really strange type of things. You know, if, uh, yeah, you know, if, yeah, if, no, if people, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. Because I was following this guy when well, not following, but at least looking at this guy and he was, he travels every part of the world only looking for tiny houses that's all he does. Like, so these are literally, you know, like, uh, I don't know, maybe 200 by 200 square feet houses. And he travels everywhere in the world and he stays in these houses and takes pictures of it. It's a huge fan following. Uh, and that's all he does. But you're absolutely right. It's a very niche based kind of a niche to niche to sub niche kind of category. But there has been a significant uh, evolution of these influencers. Absolutely. Cool. So number seven VR, virtual reality, right? VR platforms, marketing will be on the rise. Yeah, th this is big. I, I think this also comes out with the uh, the new release of the ever so popular PS5 too. Um, I kind of wish I had one, but I don't yet. <laughs> I'm going to use the word yet. Or, or, or Oculus. Uh, the Oculus. Acquisition of Oculus. Like I think exactly. the whole the deal in my view is Facebook because they acquired Oculus and not only to be into the VR space, but also be able to capitalize on the audience that is on that VR platform and to leverage that for marketing. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, let's see, let's go to number eight. I think that the number seven is pretty straightforward. So number eight, workplace automation is here to stay. Yes. I, and I think COVID accelerated that. Um, yes. It's just, it, it's one of those things to where if you think about it, it's, you know, here's a phrase that I don't like, but everybody uses like the new normal, right? I, I have a feeling that, you know, there's going to be a lot of things within workplace automation that are going to become this new normal. You know, people have realized the efficiencies that it's created. Uh, but I think before we can get deeper into that, let's, let's take a step back, Samir. Um, how would you describe to our audience exactly what they can understand by workplace automation? Because we want to make sure everybody understands what we're talking about here. Yeah, workplace automation, there are different categories of automation, right? So one is yep. uh, you are working, instead of working on, with a pen and paper, now you're working on a computer. That is Correct. also a sort of automation, right? But then if you start looking at 
the some of the statistics, like you know, one of the statistics that comes out again from Forrester, it says like 35% of the companies will double down on workplace AI. So when we're talking about automation, we're talking about more advanced technologies that's going to help the staff do keep, do things that they were not able to do before. As I was mentioning, like previously yesterday, I was in the T-Mobile 5G demo where mm-hmm. they were displaying some very advanced uh, device repair capabilities. So there was one person who was based on other part of the world. And this person was like in a different country. And through the help of uh, AI and virtual reality, they were working on a unit that was dysfunctional in other part of the world, just based on AI. They were trying to fix it. Uh, and that was that's the type of uh, workplace automation that we're talking about, right? The things that require a high labor cost, things that requires a lot of travel, those needs to be replaced. Those will be replaced by uh, AI technology that can help us uh, solve these problems while working remotely and cost efficiently. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, e- even one thing about that is, um, you know, I-, I think what that's also going to do is come back to what we we're talking about, uh, going back to the di- digital transformation or even digital operations platforms. It- it's all, they're all part of the same, they're all part of the same thing. You know, everything's moving to more of an automation or a cloud-based service or a SaaS service, you know, getting away from the old school systems. I agree. So, cool. Uh, number nine, data cleansing will be automated. This is an interesting one. So, I, I guess before we get into that, what do you mean by data cleansing specifically? We're we talking about, uh, are we talking about data of email lists? Are we talking about a data of your uh, customer systems and lists? Are we talking about computers? What are we talking about specifically for our, for our audience? Uh, specifically the customer data, like the day company mm-hmm. database that they have accounts and opportunities and customers and leads, all of that data. Although this applies in general, a broad spectrum to data of all kind, right? You know, the kind of the whole notion of garbage in, garbage out. Yep. Uh, the idea here is a, a company spend a lot of time uh, in the ETL process with extract transfer load process where they have to acquire the data from a source, make sure that it is cleaned, it's uh, all normalized, uh, it's ready for the system that is going to be transferred to be consumed. It's a very expensive process. In a lot of yes. cases, it's also a very manual process. As a matter of fact, uh, a large percentage of the time of these data scientists who at the end of the day, their job is to derive new insights from the data and new predictions from the data. They spend a lot of time cleaning the data and trying to make sense of the data. Mm-hmm. What we're saying here is in 2021 and beyond, we're going to start to see this data cleansing part will be solved by AI and machine learning technologies that will, instead of these data scientists spending time on it, we can run this through the system and the system yes. will take care of it because it has the backend processes that are based on machine learning. I think a lot of that also has to tie in with the with you know the new trend around integrated technologies. I mean, this goes back to even the digital operations platforms, the digital transformation part. Um, it goes back to workplace automation, and then also number ten when we get there. But you know, this whole automation comes down to you know being able to identify that you, on average, what was that study that we did at IBM? Uh, 30 on average, uh, a company uses 35 different marketing tools to be able to run their daily marketing. Right. If you don't have a connected environment, you have 35 different ways to say that you are going after John Smith. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> John Smith is 35 different people in 35 different systems. Um, that, that then does 35 X your, your database, right? Because you're basically thinking that you're targeting 35 times more people, but it's not, it's the same person. And, and so that, that's one example. That's one example of that to where, you know, some of these systems and we're not, and Samir's not just saying, oh, you're going to have these systems where you plug in like this awesome software and it's a cleansing software and it's going to go and start eliminating old stuff. No, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, being able to use integrated solutions to be able to do data cleansing, to be able to understand that, you know, you have the same person in your system you know, seven different ways, but it's the same person. You can start identifying them under a unified ID. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's one aspect of it too, which is cool. Okay. Number 10. Okay. So this one goes back to the digital operations platform, goes back to the digital transformation, right? Goes back to um, the fact that most people are working remotely uh, with privacy and threats and stuff. And right, this one goes back to the data cleansing. So number 10, cloud domination will take center stage. Yes. I mean, yeah, this is a it, no brainer also, right? Because I think what we saw today in 2020, because of cloud, a lot of people were still able to retain their job and work. Like if you could yeah. imagine like 10 years ago, if, if, COVID has hit 10 years ago and the world would have been current situation. Even significantly more people will be out of job. Cloud computing played a significant role in allowing people to work remotely. Yeah. Uh, And, and and to me, there are new players that are entering this market. So one of the reports I was seeing like Alibaba is entering the cloud computing space, similar to what AWS and Azure has done for cloud. And that could potentially be, the third largest cloud player in the world. And that will be an, another game changer that's going to help bolster the, the cloud domination. Okay, cool. I like it. Good stuff. Yeah. I was going to say, does anybody, anybody in our audience disagree? But nobody can respond. I'm just saying. Because <laughs> <laughs> I hope you don't disagree. That, that's, an, <laughs> that's an absolute solid prediction. I mean, absolute cloud. Samir and I have been seeing cloud domination now since what? 2009, 2010? Yeah, a decade and a half, I would say. Decade, yeah, man. Okay, number eleven. Live Jeremy doesn't like this because he he's yeah. getting older. Yeah, right. <laughs> God, man, I found some more gray hair in my head the other day. I was like, <laughs> right, all right. So, um, actually, the gray hair started to slow down after I got out of the the world of lead gen, demand gen. Just so you know, <laughs> <laughs> that is a stressful world. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number eleven. Live events adoption will increase across social platforms. Yes. You're already starting to see the adoption. You know, I mean, even, you know, Facebook live is starting to become a trend. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. YouTube live. Um, They're starting to do concerts, being really creative um, with concerts now for COVID. But I think that's still going to take off. Uh, the, The hard part is really trying to, I guess, for them trying to figure out how to, you know, still profit off of live events, knowing that you can't have a single person to, uh, you know, let's say even for instance, like concerts and stuff, but you can't have a single person buying a ticket. But when it comes to live events, you're talking like Apple, who's, you know, completely, you know, uh, revolutionized the industry with their annual events. Now that Apple events, pretty, pretty fantastic. 
Yeah, they're they're awesome. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I think with LinkedIn starting their live events also, uh, it's gaining traction. It's picking up in the business world. Uh, and they are planning to double down on these events in 2021, even though people are wanting to go back to the normal event. Like I personally, I'm kind of a little bit tired of these live events, right? Because yeah. you don't get the same experience uh, and that you used to get in the face-to-face events. So I would like to go back to these face-to-face events. Uh, yeah. There's just been an explosion of webinars, all kinds of things. But but apart from that, I don't think there's going to be any stopping of these light events uh, yeah. from, you know, streamed from different parts of the world. Although I would say on that note, I think we should do our podcast as live events at some point of time in 2021 as That'd well. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. We just got to figure that out. How many people in the audience raise their hand to agree with us? Okay, good. <laughs> I guess I guess hundred percent agreement. <laughs> yeah, I know oh, those man. You guys are really listening today. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I really think that too. I mean, if you look even from Adobe standpoint, you know, Adobe Max was live. That was across. You know, it wasn't across social platform, but they, they had a live event. You know, that was over. You know, over the internet. Um, also, you know, our, our recent uh, the conference that we had our, our annual sales conference. Sorry, our, our annual customer conference. So yeah, very cool stuff. So this is our 11 data and digital trends for 2021. I think there's a theme here. So when you go back and you look at it from all 11, from digital operation platforms to digital transformation, messenger consolidation, the buy button placed everywhere, remote working adoption, influencer marketing, right? VR platforms, workplace automation, data cleansing, cloud domination, and live events on social platforms. There's a theme, right? There's a theme and it's all related to COVID. And I'm not saying that this was never going to happen without COVID. Absolutely not. I think just COVID accelerated. COVID was the catalyst. COVID was the catalyst to push all these things, you know, these, these were things that were going to happen anyway. I mean, Samir and I would have predicted these in the upcoming in the future, no matter what, you know, whether it was this year or the next two to three years, but I think COVID helped to accelerate these. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Very cool stuff. Okay. I think that's it. This is a, this, this has been a fun one. This is like I said, our favorite episode of the year. And last year we did really well. I think we were at like 10 out of 11 or something or 11 out of 11 again. Yeah, we, we did. We did pretty good on those predictions. Yeah. I'm hoping that the trend will continue. And more importantly, I think we need for the listeners who are joining us today on this podcast show, uh, we need your love. We need your uh, support. So then we can continue the work that we're doing here for the next year as well. Like, you know, keep bringing us new guests, new topics, things that you guys are interested in. Uh, and we will work hard to learn that in 2021. We're hoping and wishing all every single person who is going to join us in the recording. Uh, great, fantastic 2021 and the new year and uh, the year brings joy and prosperity and health to all of you guys. Yes. Happy new year. Have some sparkling apple juice on us. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Cool. Thank you guys. And awesome. like I said, thank you. Samir said, continue with the feedback, continue with the, the reviews. We love reviews. We love the little asterisk stars stuff, you know, five stars are good. So thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.